Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am your host, Tony Serino, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Happy Labor Day to you. Hopefully, you're enjoying a day off of work. Uh, Thank you for spending some of your day here with me on Locked On Steelers. We have a lot to get to today on the show. Of course, over the weekend, the Steelers released their 53-man roster or, or announced their cuts from getting the roster from 90 players to 53. Some surprising cuts on Saturday. I know one player was cut that has Steeler fans very happy, or at least they were very happy to tweet me on Saturday and let me know how wrong I was about that situation. We're going to talk about all that. We're going to go through position by position and talk about uh, who the Steelers elected to cut and who they kept on the 53. We'll also talk about the practice squad. They had now have an 11-man practice squad. That is set. And also, they made some moves on Sunday. Uh, we'll talk about those as well. We also need to talk about the Le'Veon Bell situation because here we are on Labor Day and there is no sign of Le'Veon Bell. Jerry Dulac had originally reported that today was the day he would show up. Well, I am recording this just about noon on uh, here on Monday and there is no sign of Le'Veon Bell. The Steelers have released a statement. Le'Veon Bell has missed a practice and we'll talk about all of that. But before we do that, let's start today with some news and notes. Martavis Bryant, the wide receiver the Steelers traded to the Oakland Raiders for a third-round pick earlier this offseason, was cut by the Oakland Raiders on Saturday. He was uh, Reports where he was very disappointing at training camp, but he's also facing another suspension from the National Football League. He is currently appealing that suspension, but considering where he is right now, you know, again, he, he just served a year-long suspension in 2016. Another suspension for him likely means that he goes into the kind of Josh Gordon suspension where you know he's really only going to come back at Roger Goodell's discretion. He'll be gone for at least a year. So look, this feels like the end, right? I mean, this feels like an ending for Martavis Bryant's career. Again, a player who came back in 2017 after the year-long suspension never looked like the same player. Although he got better in 2017, he never looked like the same player that he was in 2015 before suspension. He went to Oakland, where I think a lot of people were hopeful that he could rejuvenate his career, myself included, right? I was really hopeful that Oakland, a kind of change of scenery, could be a new beginning for him, right? He could go back to being the same player he was. That wasn't the case either. Again, reports out of Oakland that he was uh, disappointing and and he lost his uh, starting spot there in Oakland. And now he's facing this suspension again. It really feels like this is the end. You know, again, if he serves another year-long suspension or more, a year and a half, two years uh, of suspension, given where he is in his career, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how he comes back from this. And it's really disappointing in a couple ways, right? Number one, what could have been for Martavis Bryant if he never gets suspended? I mean, th- I think that will always be a kind of what if in, in the NFL and really for the Steelers, right? What if Martavis Bryant never got suspended? What kind of player would we have gotten in 2016, 2017, and even here in 2018, where he would have been in his last year of his rookie deal. But uh, yeah, you know, it's it, it's an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting. What if? The other thing, you know, that that's that's sad to me is is on a you know for Martavis Bryant the person, right? Because here's a here's a person who is clearly not using marijuana in a recreational way, right? I mean, he's he's clearly dealing with depression or some sort of personal issue that is driving him to use this. And the NFL has a zero tolerance policy. Right. So, you know, that that's really cost Martavis Bryant his entire career is because, you know, they're, they're treating him like he's any sort of like he's any other just recreational user of marijuana, which is very clearly not the case. And so um, it's really sad to watch what's happened to Martavis Bryant. I hope that he wins this appeal and he can come back and land on his feet. But it seems very unlikely at this point. Some notable Steelers cut over the weekend. William Gay cut 
from the New York Giants, Marcus Wheaton cut from the Philadelphia Eagles. Terrell Watson, who had recently signed with the San Diego Chargers, he was released. Arthur Motes, I believe, released injured from the Arizona Cardinals. And then Robert Golden, uh, he asked for his release from Kansas City earlier in the preseason because he felt like he wasn't getting enough playing time. Ends up uh, spending the entirety of, of the last two weeks in free agency. And after the 53-man roster cuts were announced, no one ended up picking up Robert Golden. So he'll probably start the, uh, the regular season as a free agent. A couple of spoilers here coming up for the 53-man roster. Again, if you don't know the 53-man roster and you want to hear it as I announce it, or as I go through position by position, uh, maybe skip the next minute of the podcast. Uh, Matt Weil, the punter who was in a battle with Jordan Berry for the uh, starting gig here in Pittsburgh, did not make the Steelers roster, but he did land on his feet, ended up getting picked up uh, by the Minnesota Vikings via the waiver wire. So glad to see Matt Weil landing uh, on another 53 because, again, this is a guy who I thought was neck and neck there with Jordan Berry. I think he needed to have, again, he had a very good preseason. I think he needed to have a great preseason. You know, it, it, was, it was a tough choice, I'm sure, for the Steelers, but Matt Weil ends up on the Minnesota Vikings. Fitzgerald Toussaint, who did not make the Steelers roster, again, his spot was kind of a was kind of made expendable by the fact that Ryan Switzer was traded for and, and Switzer took over the kick return position, which was Toussaint's spot. Um, he visited with the Indianapolis Colts over the weekend. Uh, no deal done there yet, but glad to see that Toussaint is getting some looks around the NFL. And then the Khalil Mack trade, that happened on Saturday. So, of course, I'm sure you guys have heard about this one. It was a huge deal. Uh, Khalil Mack traded for multiple first-round draft picks, two first-round draft picks, from the Chicago Bears, uh, he goes to Chicago to join what was already a very good Chicago defense. Again, as the Steelers saw a year ago, uh, that defense in Chicago, they were legit, and they're only going to get better now, adding one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. I know there was some hope in Pittsburgh that the Steelers could make this kind of move, right? It, it would be uncharacteristic of the Steelers, but you know, there's, there's always this talk that it's, it's all in in Pittsburgh, and we are definitely in a Super Bowl window, and you can make an argument that the Steelers should be making trades like the Khalil Mack one. Yeah, when you look at, though, the terms of the deal, right? Not only two first-round picks, although I guess the, the Raiders gave back a second-round pick as a part of this deal, though they got back a third. So it's it was the, the details of the trade itself were kind of strange in that the Raiders were actually giving things back to the Bears in addition to Khalil Mack. But the, the salary numbers are really what tells you why the Steelers were, were never going to be a part of a trade like this. Khalil Mack got $90 million dollars guaranteed. And again, as we've talked about, the Steelers just don't do deals like that. Again, would they have even offered him half of that money? I, I doubt it, right? I doubt the Steelers were even going to offer Khalil Mack $45 million guaranteed if they had the opportunity. And so I think that's where this trade became unrealistic. And not only were the Steelers were the Steelers very unlikely to part ways with, with a first round draft pick or multiple first round draft picks, but also very unlikely to give a, a player that much in a in a signing bonus. So it was always unrealistic that Mac was going to come to the Steelers. But there was also talk that he could go to Cleveland and you know, again pairing Khalil Mack with uh, Miles Garrett not would not be fun for a Steeler fan. So uh, glad to see he ends up in the NFC in Chicago. Before we continue today's podcast, let me tell you about our sponsor for today's show, my bookie. You know, just as important as who you're betting on is who you're betting with. And that's why this season, my bookie is your best bet. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online. Their mobile site is easy to use, and that's why I'm recommending them this year. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, 
And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use the promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. And then finally, we need to address the Le'Veon Bell situation. I'm recording this pretty much at noon on Monday, and there is no sign of Le'Veon Bell at the Steeler facility. Uh, This was the day where he was expected to come in, sign his franchise tender, and then practice with the team. That did not happen. He missed practice on Monday. He has not signed his franchise tag, uh, and and there is still no sign of Le'Veon Bell. Now, it was expected, you know, last year he came in on Friday and then took his physical and signed on Monday, uh, Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette had reported that Labor it would be Labor Day this year that that happens. Now, it's still just noon. He could still show up this afternoon uh, and, and sign his franchise tag and be ready to go for tomorrow's practice. That is still possible. Uh, again, he tweeted during the offseason that you know he, he was sorry to Steeler fans for not being able to get a long-term deal done, but that 2018 would be his best season. His agent said during that same process that he expects Le'Veon will show up and be ready to go for week one, and yet here we are, you know, one practice in, no Le'Veon Bell, and so, you know, it's really uncharted territory in this situation, right? The questions are legitimate now about when will Le'Veon Bell show up? Will he show up this week? Will he show up tomorrow? Again, if he shows up tomorrow, it's kind of water under the bridge. Yeah, he missed one practice, but he'll still likely play against Cleveland, but I think we're also in a territory now where we can talk about Le'Veon Bell potentially missing games this year, right? I mean, if he sits out all of this week, if he were to, you know, he could sit out really all the way through midseason is when he has to show up and sign that franchise tag. So we could be talking about a Le'Veon Bell that is going to be missing, you know, up to eight games or ten games this year, uh, whatever the number is, when he has to come back and sign that franchise tag. It, it, this is a weird one. And, and general manager Kevin Colbert released this statement today: "Quote: We are disappointed Le'Veon has not signed his franchise tender and rejoined his teammates. Coach Tomlin and the coaching staff will continue to focus on preparing the players on our roster." for our regular season opener on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. So I, I don't think the Steelers even know when Le'Veon's going to show up or what Le'Veon's plan is at this point. Again, we are in uncharted territory with Le'Veon Bell. You know, if he shows up later this week, if he shows up tomorrow and he can play in the game, as I said, it'll kind of be water under the bridge. Uh, but if he misses games, you know, this is a player who is already not exactly loved by the fan base anymore. You know, the, the fan base kind of feeling like he should have signed that contract back in July. And so, you know, missing games and and, and holding out in this way, uh, not going to endear him to this fan base at all. Now, we should talk about what, what this does at running back, right? Because, you know, James Conner has looked very good in the preseason. I think there was a lot of fans uh, who were hoping that Le'Veon and, and James Conner would split carries early in the year, right? When, when we saw Le'Veon Bell come back a year ago in the opener, and really the beginning of the season, right? He was, very, he was not in football shape, and the Steelers felt like he wasn't in football shape, and they weren't willing to use him in the same kind of ways they normally do. And so that meant that Le'Veon Bell saw fewer touches for the first couple games as he kind of got himself back into football shape. Every week that he sits out now, you know, kind of puts that clock back, right? So if we can expect that if Le'Veon Bell were to show up in week one, he would be the same Le'Veon Bell again in week four, let's say, right? You know, if he doesn't show up until week four, then again, it's going to go all the way back to week eight before we start seeing Le'Veon Bell used in the same kinds of ways. And so, you know, again, you, you got you got to figure that in as well, right? We could be with, if, if Le'Veon, every game Le'Veon Bell misses sets back the clock of when Le'Veon Bell can be back into 
football shape. But James Conner does change the equation a little bit. Again, I don't think the Steelers, I don't think Steeler fans should be, you know, so alarmed at running back right now because while James Conner is not Le'Veon Bell, he is certainly a better running back than he was a year ago and looks like the kind of running back that you can win games with, right? He looks like he'll be more than just a serviceable running back if if Le'Veon were to miss any time. And I think the hope was going into these games, especially early in the year, that rather than, you know, just use Le'Veon as kind of a decoy and that kind of thing and rely more on the passing game, that hopefully we could see a kind of split carry type situation between Le'Veon Bell and James Conner, given how good James Conner looked. So that certainly has to be the plan now, right? Even if Le'Veon were to show up tomorrow or Wednesday or whenever and try to play in this game, I think the majority of the carries in this game should go to James Conner and you should work Le'Veon back in over the next couple weeks as he gets himself back into football shape. If he misses any time, again, I don't think, I, I still don't think there's any sign of real alarm for the Steelers at running back because, again, I think James Conner looks like the kind of running back you can win games with. He's not an all star like Le'Veon Bell is. He certainly, it'll certainly make the offense worse, but I don't think it'll be the kind of crippling blow that it would have been in years past with Le'Veon Bell out of the roster. So we're going to continue monitoring this. We'll talk about it again on tomorrow's podcast if Le'Veon shows up or not. Uh, we will continue monitoring the Le'Veon Bell situation. And then let's talk about the 53-man roster, which the Steelers released on Saturday. Again, they made their cuts from 90 to 53. As I said at the top, there were some surprising cuts made along the way, and, and none more surprising than at quarterback, where the Steelers elect to release veteran backup quarterback Landry Jones and keep Mason Rudolph and Josh Dobbs as the backups to Ben Roethlisberger. I was very wrong on this one, right? I, I had the Steelers keeping Landry. In fact, I, I said multiple times that there's almost no way for Josh Dobbs to make this roster and that the Steelers were guaranteed to keep Landry. That They did not feel the same way. Uh, and they end up cutting Landry Jones. Now, look, I've said this a lot of times on the podcast, so I'm not going to belabor it again today. I think this is probably a miscalculation, right? I would rather have a veteran backup like Landry Jones, a guy who's seen NFL games before, who's won NFL games before, especially in a Super Bowl year where we're going to be competing not just for a division title, but for likely a bye week and home field advantage. In that way, every game is going to matter so much. And so, you know, you'd like to see a veteran in there in those games. But the Steelers don't feel that way, right? The Steelers feel like Mason Rudolph and Josh Dobbs are better options at quarterback right now. And I forget which writer it was over the weekend that said this, but I thought it was such a good point. He said, this is a sign, the fact that the Steelers kept Rudolph and Dobbs, this is a sign that the Steelers are done building around Ben Roethlisberger. And I think that is a that is a great point, and it's one that we've seen throughout the offseason, right? When the Steelers took Mason Rudolph in the third round, there was a lot of talk of, hey, what are we doing taking a quarterback right now when we have so many other holes on this roster, right? This is a team that can win a Super Bowl in 2018. Let's not waste it. Let's not waste picks on a quarterback that's not going to play for a year or two or three, right? The same thing could be said for uh, for Okorafor at tackle, right? Again, the Steelers have one of the best offensive lines in the game, and yet the Steelers felt like they needed to go out and get a tackle in the draft, a developmental tackle at that. Again, with so many deficiencies on, on at safety, inside linebacker, outside linebacker, all of that. So, you know, again, I think, I think there was a lot of Steeler fans who felt during the draft that the Steelers didn't do enough to address the team today. But but the calculation for this team has been all offseason that, yes, we are building for today and, and they bring in guys like Morgan Burnett and John Bostic to try and solidify some of those positions 
on defense, but it has not been the same kind of all-in season that we saw a year ago when they went out and signed and spent big money on Joe Hayden, traded for Vance McDonald, traded for J.J. Wilcox, right? Instead, what we've seen is this team making more calculated decisions for the future, and I think Mason Rudolph and Josh Dobbs are very much in that category, right? Josh Dobbs and Mason Rudolph are now the quarterbacks of the future for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mason Rudolph, of course, the heir apparent, and so much hype about him from the Steelers coming out of the draft as far as them having a first-round grade on him, and he's, you know, they, they, they considered him as highly as some of the other quarterbacks in the first round, and yet Josh Dobbs come in and look very, very good this preseason, so much better than he looked a year ago, and I think that's part of the reason why the Steelers felt comfortable keeping him on the roster. He will likely be the short-term backup in Pittsburgh, kind of earning that spot uh, with his play in the preseason, specifically that game against Carolina. Uh, look, I think that this this is interesting for a couple ways, right? One, Josh Dobbs is now your backup early in the season, but I also think there that this is, you know, we talked about this when we, talk, when we went into training camp, and I said, look, one of the ways Josh Dobbs can make this roster is by Mason Rudolph beating out Landry Jones for the backup spot. Now, I don't think that that happened, right? I don't think Mason Rudolph proved that he could be a better quarterback than Landry Jones this season, but I do think he probably showed enough. You know, we talk about Josh Dobbs having a great game against Carolina. Mason Rudolph also had a very good performance against the Carolina Panthers in that fourth preseason game, and so likely one of the calculations that the Steelers are making with this is that they can move Mason Rudolph to the backup spot as the year goes on, right? Dobbs may start as the backup, but Mason Rudolph should, given his pedigree, beat out Josh Dobbs as this season goes along, and so that can get him some kind of backup reps in practice. He could see some spot time in some games if Ben Roethlisberger were to go down with injury, or better than that, right, is that we have the same kind of situation as last year where Ben Roethlisberger plays all 15 games healthy. The Steelers go into that last week of the season. It's a meaningless game for them. They have everything kind of, you know, locked up, and they he can and Mason Rudolph can see some time in a garbage game, but again, for, for Mason Rudolph and his development, the more reps we can get him in practice, any sort of game time we can get him is going to help his development as the successor to Ben Roethlisberger. And I think that's just as important a piece of this as the play of Josh Dobbs. And so definitely the Steelers have made this as, you know, as a move for the future of quarterback. And while, you know, I I may and a lot of Steelers fans may think that Landry Jones provided this team more depth in 2018, that is not where the Steelers heads at right now. This is not a team that is only building for 2018, they didn't want to sacrifice Josh Dobbs and what he could be in the future. Again, I think Josh Dobbs at this point could be a very good backup quarterback to Mason Rudolph going forward. And hell, if he continues to develop the way he's developing, maybe he's the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger. I guess you can't rule that out either, right? So I think that's where the Steelers heads at right now. It makes this a very interesting choice. Uh, but you know, again, Mason Rudolph and Josh Dobbs will be your backups to Ben Roethlisberger. At running back, the Steelers keep James Conner, Roosevelt Nix, Jalen Samuels, and Steven Ridley does make the roster. Of course, Le'Veon Bell, whenever he shows up, that may change the the Steven Ridley situation. But right now, it is James Conner, Roosevelt Nix, Jalen Samuels, and Steven Ridley on the roster. Again, I really liked what I saw from Steven Ridley when he was healthy. Glad to see him healthy now. Glad to see him uh, on this roster. Um, you know, look, he may get cut when Le'Veon comes back, but uh, in the meantime... The Steelers uh, had made a smart move there, keeping Stephen Ridley. At wide receiver, it's the six players that we thought it would be. Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Suster, James Washington, Justin Hunter, Ryan Switzer, and Darius hayward Bay. 
Uh, again, no real surprises there. Uh, the Steelers keeping the six wide receivers that everyone had assumed they would keep. At tight end, very glad to hear the Steelers only kept three tight ends. Vance McDonald, Jesse James, Xavier Grimble. They didn't feel like they had to go out and sign another tight end or keep Bucky Hodges because of the injuries to Vance McDonald and Xavier Grimble. I think this is very much a sign that either Vance McDonald or Xavier Grimble will be healthy and ready to go for week one. Likely both, or like likely one or both will be ready, and that's that is really good to hear. On the offensive line, the Steelers keep nine. So they keep Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, Ramon Foster, Alejandro Villanueva, and Marcus Gilbert. Those are your five starters we knew they were going to keep. Then they kept Chooks Okorafor, BJ Finney, and Matt Filer. Those were the three that I really liked as backups on this team. They also kept Zach Banner. And so Zach Banner now becomes the kind of Matt Filer of the 2018 season. Of course, Matt Filer in 2017 was kind of a surprise that he made the 53. Uh, Munchak so good at developing these young players. And so uh, Matt Filer now, one of those guys we talk about when we talk about how good the depth has looked on the offensive line. Filer is certainly in that conversation. And so now Munchak has another guy in Zach Banner that he can work on and hopefully you know he can develop into a quality backup on this team as well. On the defensive line, no real surprises here. They kept six, and those six were Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, Javon Hargrave, Tyson Alualu, LT Walton, and Daniel McCullers. McCullers did make the roster. I think that was widely assumed considering how many reps he got throughout the preseason. At outside linebacker, the Steelers keep, this is a really interesting one, the Steelers keep Bud Dupree, TJ Watt, Anthony Ciccolo. They had a choice between Keon Adams and Ola Dini. They end up effectively keeping none. So Ola Dini made the 53-man roster, but was then placed on injured reserve, which means he'll miss at least the first six to eight weeks of the season. Uh, he can come back. Again, he has a minor injury right now, a hamstring injury that he had against Carolina. Uh, he'll So he'll, that'll make him miss at least, I think, the first six to eight is when he can come back. But this means that the Steelers didn't keep Keon Adams, right? He, he'll go to practice squad, and we'll talk about the practice squad players here in a second. But this means that the Steelers kept three Outside linebackers, Bud Dupree, TJ Watt, Anthony Ciccolo, that's the list, right? Ola Dini not available for the first couple weeks of the season. Very, very interesting that the Steelers are only keeping three outside linebackers. At inside linebacker, John Bostic, Vince Williams, Tyler Matikiewicz, Matthew Thomas, and the Steelers do keep LJ Fort. So they have five at that position. Now, you have to you have to consider that, that you, we've seen Vince Williams play some edge in that seminal defense. We saw Matthew Thomas play some edge. Uh, during the preseason. So in that way, you could potentially see Williams and Thomas play some edge this season behind Anthony Ciccolo in kind of a spot duty. Uh, but again, I, I, I we're going to talk more about this three outside linebacker thing because it's it, it, I think it does point to this kind of dollar look, these, these hybrid defenses that the Steelers are putting out there, the seminal defense, the dime. We've been talking about that all offseason. Uh, I, I think this the way this roster is constructed certainly makes you believe that those defenses are going to be much more than little specialty defenses here and there. At cornerback, Joe Hayden, Artie Burns, Mike Hilton, those are your three starters. Cam Sutton as your utility player behind them. He can play outside or inside. He definitely uh, was going to make the roster, and he did. And then Cody Sensabaugh as your out your backup outside corner, although we did see him play some nickel against Carolina. And that's it. They did not keep Brian Allen on the roster. I was surprised to see Brian Allen cut. Again, a year ago, they didn't do this, right? They, they probably should have cut Brian Allen, but they didn't want to because they felt like Brian Allen, if he went through the waivers, he wouldn't clear waivers. He would be picked up by another team. Brian Allen, a very interesting size and speed prospect. Hasn't developed just yet into a into a good corner, 
but uh, still an intriguing prospect for this team at corner. He also goes to the practice squad. So they, they cut him, but he did make his way onto the practice squad in 2018. At safety, originally the Steelers kept five. So those five were Morgan Burnett, Sean Davis, Terrell Edmonds, Marcus Allen, and Jordan Dangerfield. Glad to see Jordan Dangerfield made the roster again. I thought he was kind of the best of the rest at safety. Uh, Marcus Allen, very interesting that he made the roster. Of course, as I talked about, how much dollar are we going to see in 2018? Uh, If we see a lot, then Marcus Allen definitely going to make the roster. He did make the roster. Now, how much much does that mean about the dollar? We'll see. But I think it, it points in a certain direction. And then on Sunday, Nat Burr announced on Twitter that he had re-signed with the Steelers, and that became official earlier today. Uh, he's, he was re-signed after the Steelers moved Ola Dini to injured reserve. So the Steelers now have six at safety. Morgan Burnett, Sean Davis, Terrell Edmonds, Marcus Allen, Jordan Dangerfield, and Nat Burr. Six safeties, five corners, 11 defensive backs total. How much seminal defense are we going to see? How much... Uh, dollar are we going to see? How much dime are we going to see? These are real interesting questions that you can start to ask now about this team considering the roster construction. Three outside linebackers on the roster, six safeties, five corners. I think we are. I think the Steelers are definitely moving in the direction we thought they were with playing three safeties at the same time, with playing uh, six defensive backs, maybe even that dollar look, seven defensive backs on, uh, on plenty of snaps this season. I don't expect to see those on just third and long type situations. Very excited for the look we could start to see uh, on defense. On special teams, I kind of spoiled this one at the top, but it was Chris Boswell as your kicker, Cameron Kennedy as your long snapper, and Jordan Berry does beat out Matt Weil for the punter spot. As I said, I, I thought Matt Weil had a better preseason than Jordan Berry, but not by much, and he really needed to, you know, again, he needed that kind of knockout blow against Jordan Berry. Didn't get it, so Jordan Berry will be our punter again in 2018. On the practice squad, at outside linebacker, the Steelers kept both Farrington Higuanine and Keon Adams. Uh, the Steelers only have three outside linebackers right now on this roster. Interesting that they didn't keep Keon Adams there uh, and, and elect to put Ola Dini on IR and just keep three. But Keon Adams does make it to the practice squad so they can continue to develop him for another year. Levon Hooks is your defensive lineman that made the practice squad. Kind of sad that it's not Casey Sales. Uh, I really liked what Casey brought to the team in uh, in preseason and in training camp. But, you know, LeVon Hooks was right there as well. I think the Steelers made, made a good choice there going with Hooks. Uh, you know, Sales I thought was a better choice, but Hooks certainly not a bad choice. On the offensive line, Patrick Morris, RJ Prince are your two offensive linemen who make it to the practice squad. At tight end, it's Bucky Hodges and Christian Scotland-Williamson. Uh, Christian Scotland-Williamson is the rugby player who gets an international exemption on the practice squad. So, uh, he doesn't count towards the practice squad. That's why the Steelers can keep 11 and not 10. Uh, Bucky Hodges at tight end. You know, he's there. If the Steelers do have a, an injury at tight end, he could potentially be promoted uh, to the 53. Again, I think his blocking is very underrated. He certainly has the receiving skills. Didn't get to show it as much during the preseason, although it was certainly on display against Carolina. At wide receiver, the Steelers have Trey Griffey and Tevin Jones on the practice squad. Again, Trey Griffey, Improved so much throughout training camp and, and into preseason. We saw him even get some reps at slot receiver against Tennessee with the first team. Uh, he earns his way onto the practice squad, as did Tevin Jones, who had a very good showing against Carolina in the last preseason game. He also had a, a moment there in camp where he was showing those same kind of things we saw against Carolina. So glad to see him make 
the practice squad. No Damone Patterson on the practice squad yet. Again, he's injured right now, uh, likely has turf toe. So we'll see what happens to uh, to Damone Patterson as he gets healthy. Jarvian Franklin at running back is kept on the practice squad. Of course, he's the big running back the Steelers uh, we, the Steelers played on Thursday and scored a couple touchdowns in that game. If the Steelers feel like at any point during the season they need a big bruiser for third downs, they have Jarvian Franklin ready to go in their back pocket. But for right now, he'll be on the practice squad. And then finally, cornerback Brian Allen on the practice squad. I think this is such a savvy move by Kevin Colbert. Again, they didn't feel like they could make this move a year ago. They felt like he would get picked up by another team. This offseason, they didn't have the same calculation, and they do move him to the practice squad. Really the perfect place for Brian Allen right now. Again, an interesting prospect, a size and speed guy, clearly not ready to to see any real meaningful time at cornerback. And so there's no there's no need to waste a roster spot on a guy like that. Um, yeah, the practice squad is the perfect place for him. And so to get him on the practice squad, a great move from Kevin Colbert. Still excited to see what he can become. I think he has a ton of potential, uh, but at this point, just not ready to see the field uh, just yet. All right, and that's it. That is the Steelers' 53-man roster and 11-man practice squad. As I said at the top, the big surprise for me was that quarterback. I thought there was no chance the Steelers cut Landry Jones, and yet they did. I, I, I should say this also about the quarterback situation. You know, what we saw from Mason Rudolph and Josh Dobbs was impressive from a play perspective, but it was also, you know, what you look for in a quarterback is that kind of it factor, right? And and that can manifest itself in a lot of different ways, but one of the things you look for is it from a quarterback is those quarterbacks coming up big in big moments, right? Kind of having that kind of alpha mentality, the fire, the moxie that you want to see from those guys. And from Dobbs and Rudolph, you definitely saw that from them on Thursday night. And I'm sure that that played a role in the Steelers keeping both guys, right? Landry Jones, you know, one of the biggest concerns I think a lot of people always had with Landry Jones is kind of his, he never had that kind of alpha mentality, right? The, 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 you know, when you hear a quarterback talk, they have a certain... They just have a certain, they, they make everyone around them better. Landry Jones never inspired a lot of confidence at quarterback. And I think that's part of the reason why fans, you know, never really were on his side. For Dobbs and Rudolph and, and the way that they went out there on Thursday, especially for Dobbs. Again, this is a guy who was at the time, you know, was he playing for a spot on this 53? Was he playing for a spot on another 53? It seemed very likely that he would get cut and he didn't let that bother him at all. He went out there and in the biggest game of his career, had the best game of his career. And I think that speaks volumes for Josh Dobbs uh, as a as a quarterback and as a leader and as someone who can kind of inspire that level of confidence. And the same can be said for Mason Rudolph. Again, Mason Rudolph had a poor preseason, didn't look good, was supposed to be this heir apparent, and yet he looks like he has a long way to go. And yet against Carolina, he goes out there, plays with a lot, I mean, again, plays with a lot of fire, getting in that linebacker's face after the two-point conversion, playing very well himself. I'm sure those things played into the Steelers' decision at quarterback as well. Uh, I'm also very intrigued by the fact that the Steelers only keep three outside linebackers. How is that going to manifest itself uh, on Sundays? What happens if Bud Dupree or TJ Watt were to go down? How much dollar are we going to see? How much dime are we going to see? How much seminal are we going to see? I would imagine we're going to see more than a little Uh, as we get into the regular season. So that is exciting as well. And that'll do it for me today. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. You can follow me on Twitter at SteelerCountry, and I'll be back tomorrow for more Locked On Steelers.